Welcome to Expand Storytelling. I'm Chelsea Bay, and I'm passionate about seeing the magic that's right in front of me and inspiring others to see and feel it too. Expand is a storytelling event featuring individuals who choose to live for their everyday, how they came to find the little things that make them come alive, and how they continue to expand their being from right here. Expand over contract, now over someday, love over fear, joy over success. Never arriving, always expanding. Ramon grew up in Nicaragua and has lived in this country since the age of 10. Dance has always been a driving force in his life, and even after retiring from being a professional ballet dancer, he still found a way to keep dancing. Whether it's from dancing in the Nutcracker, to teaching social dance through ballroom or private lessons, or just getting down on the dance floor on New Year's Eve. Dance will always be a guiding, fulfilling part of life for Ramon, another language, connecting him with others and himself. Here's Ramon's story from the January 2024 event in Traverse City, Michigan. Hello, everyone. Uh, Thank you for being here. So like Chelsea said, I've been in this country since I was 10 years old, but I'm going to give you a little background on before I came to this country because it is kind of where it all started. So um, I remember growing up, my mom would always tell this story that when she was pregnant with me, like she was always really tired because I was like always just sucking up all her energy and all she wanted to do was sleep. And she's like, but you know, one time your dad just wanted to go, they went out somewhere and there was music playing. Um, I'm from Nicaragua, so there's like music all the time. So she's like, oh, and I danced all night and it was amazing. And And I'm like, okay, well, great. And uh, then, you know, I go to uh, kindergarten and there's like a talent show. And I'm like, I'm going to dance. I remember it was like some folk dance that we had in Nicaragua. Then, um, you know, family parties, like cousins, birthdays, uncles, aunts. I mean, every weekend was a party growing up. So music starts playing. Where's Ramon? Go find Ramon. Dancing with my cousins, with my aunts, my grandmother. So like, since I was little, all I remember is dancing. So... 10 years old comes along and you know there's a lot of issues in Nicaragua so my parents decided they want to move to the United States and we end up moving here as political refugees and it was a very interesting time of my life because my dad moved here first and then saved up some money and I came here a year later Um, so that year that I was here living with my dad away from my mom was probably one of the hardest um, time for me Um, I as a little boy I had something, I don't know, something was wrong with me, and kids made fun of the way I walked, so my mom uh, made it a, a thing to, like, fix me, because she didn't want kids making fun of me, and I remember going to the orthopedic sh- uh, doctor, so I had, like, insoles in my shoes, um, I, I, she'd take me to do acupuncture, I mean, anything she could think of, she did. At one point, my grandfather, he's like, oh, I know what he needs, so he dug a hole in the backyard, and he dug me up to my waist, and I'm just like, crying. I'm like, oh my God, are they going to eat me? Are they gonna cooking me? Like, what are they doing? And so it was just like, and then my, my mom's like, dad, what are you doing? He's like, he just needs to absorb the, you know, the nutrients from the earth. And, you know, to his defense, wherever you are, grandpa, thank you. I've never broken a bone. And I mean, I've danced, I've danced, danced, like I've used all of this. So thank you. It worked for something, but you know, so 
that happened. We came here and, um, you know, that was a tough year being away from her because she's always been very nurturing, very loving. Um, you know, I know that it's every parent knows when kids are different. I'm the oldest of three boys. And I know growing up, she could tell that I was different, um, that I was gay. And, you know, there's that whole, um, what, what's the thing, like when parents don't want to accept the truth about a kid? What do you call that? Um, yes, absolute denial. <laughs> and, um, you know, another reason why she kept me very, like, you know, at her side. So, like, I, I really did miss her. Um, that year that we were apart and, you know, to make things worse, I lived with cousins that were my age. They kind of bullied me. Um, it was just, it was horrible. It, it was, I felt like Cinderella, <laughs> you know, being away from my mom. Um, but then a year later, my mom came, but she only came to L.A. because she had family there. And I just remember I was just so miserable that whenever she would call, to talk to my dad, I grabbed the phone and I was just like in tears, like I want to come and stay with you. <sighs> and I still remember my mom trying to be tough for me. You know, so here's a 10 year old kid crying that like, I wanna go with you. And so finally she's <laughs> telling my dad, probably like yelling at him, like send me my son. Um, and I remember when she finally got my dad to send me over there and just like, I, I felt like, the first time when I danced, like just my heart in my stomach and just like just beating and just walking out and seeing my mom there waiting and just bursting in tears. I was so happy to see her and happiness came back. It was awesome. Um, so then fast forward and my mom's very religious, she grew up Catholic. We all just, oh my God, everything that you can think of Catholic, we did. <laughs> like you think that we lived at the Vatican. Um, <laughs> Um, we, uh, in Nicaragua, we'd go to like, there's like a hundred like things for like the saints and the Virgin Mary and Jesus. And I mean, Tuesday church, Thursday church, Sunday church. Like I, I really just went to nap at church. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So we're in LA now and she's going to church. So she's like, well, you know, you guys need to do something. So she puts us in this like choir and it was just like my two brothers, myself. And then there was this girl who would sing and we go to this lady's house and my brothers would play the guitar. Uh, the lady taught me how to play the mandolin. And I was like, wow, so baroque. I was like, okay. And uh, the lady sang. And I remember one day out of nowhere, like, so my brothers and I, I'm the oldest, but we're like a year apart. We're like Irish triplets, I guess. And here we are sitting there, and this lady's like, have you, have you ever thought of taking dance class? And I'm like, me? She's like, yeah. She's like, you know, we, I teach, um, I don't remember the girl's name, but so I teach her ballet class after we're done with, you know, our practice. And she's like, you know, there's first position, and second position, and third, and fourth, and fifth. And I was like, okay. I was like, I have no clue what, you, what that is, but sure. She's like, I'll ask my mom. So my mom's like, oh, no, absolutely not. That's for girls. So next rehearsal, I said, oh, yeah, no, my mom said no. She's like, okay. So then uh, fast forward, we end up moving back to Illinois. We lived in Oak Park, and I went to high school. But before we left to Oak Park in uh, L.A., we got visitors um, to the to the school to show us like the things that were gonna be available in high school. And I remember they brought gymnastics, and there's gonna be like you know football and sports and whatnot. 
So I was like really excited about gymnastics. I'm like, wow, that is so cool. Can you imagine if I could just like jump in the air and like flip and like land on my feet? Like how awesome, like that's awesome. So the school that I went to had that. So I joined, actually before gymnastics, I joined wrestling and I was really good. <laughs> However, it's such a physical sport and not just a physical sport, but like really physical sport. <laughs> and I st started to definitely realize that, yeah, this is a, uh, I don't think I should be feeling like this about sp sport. This is a, uh, <laughs> Oh man, I'm like, I mean, literally giving my state migraines, like, don't get an erection. Please don't get an erection. It's okay, just don't get an erection. And I mean, I quit. I had to. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. So then gymnastics came along, and I was like, you know what? It's not a contact sport. I'm competing with myself. I think it's safe. So I get to gymnastics, and I'm like, all right, well, good eye candy, but I don't have to touch it, so I think we're good. So gymnastics was awesome. I started, like, the training was insane. Um, I went from being, like, this little toothpick to, like, beefing up and, like, six-pack. And, like, my brother's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, but 200 push-ups every day. <laughs> so that was really cool. And then the, the better I got, the, the coach was uh, an ex-army person. And, well, as I told you, I don't do very well with, like, I don't know, being away or, like, like just angriness and... Yeah, that didn't work for me, so I ended up quitting um, gymnastics, which was a shame because I was very good. But then I could already tumble and do a lot of stuff, and this ladies went like, hey, why don't you come here with us? And I'm like, what, where? Um, we need cheerleaders. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I would do half times and tumble, and then they taught me how to throw the girls up in the air and catch them, and they're like sitting and grab one leg and just hold them, don't drop them. And I'm like, okay, great, got it. So fast forward to joining like, a, like this Latin group that would do like dances during recess or whatever, like Heritage Month for Latino people right there. So they're like, okay, they play music and I just start grabbing a girl and, you know, I don't know, I'm just like freestyling, doing whatever I want to do. And meanwhile, Thank you. You're She's awesome. <laughs> so meanwhile, I'm not a choreographer. I just like do whatever I do since I was little, just twirled and shake and shimmy. And they're all like keeping track, like, okay, he did this. And wait, what did you do after that? I don't know. So I just danced and people had to learn what I did. So that's the extent of what I knew about dance. So then they tell me, well, there's this like group called Orcasis, and I was like the real dancers. Like they took class and stuff, and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. They're like, well, just go and try it. So finally I went and tried it, and obviously I got in because I'm a boy. I have rhythm. I could jump. And I'm like, oh, I got in. I got in. I was so excited. So that was a really awesome time. And then after that show, this lady comes, and, and like she has long white hair. She looked like, what's the good witch from? Um, yes. And I'm just like, she's like, when are you going to come and take a dance class? And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and so little did I know, it was one of the dancers' um, mom. She, he was a basketball player, but he grew up dancing. And this dance school is literally across the street from the high school that I walk past every day. And I thought, when are they going to do something with that building? I could have sworn it was an abandoned building. It was a dance school. <laughs> so people danced there every day. So she gave me a scholarship. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, you can dance. So I went and, again, talked to my mom. 
And she's like, no, that's for girls, and you need to figure out what you're going to do about college. And I was like, well, and then all of a sudden it hit me, that lady telling me when I was 12 years old, you should dance. Like, have you thought of the dance? And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try it. Like, I don't know what I want to do in college. So I ended up just going. And boy, did my mom get angry. <laughs> so, I mean, it was so bad that it, like, I ended up moving out of my house my senior year because it was just so uncomfortable. The funny thing was, though, that my dad was super, super supportive. Um, he'd come to my shows, and everyone's like, oh, you must be so proud. He's <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so then, um, you know, and this is when things really start to take a turn. Because then at one point, my dad came home. He had to go to the doctor because he had to do physicals for his work every year. And then he, he got diagnosed with leukemia. And at first, I was like, okay. Like, I, I heard it, but it didn't register. And I was on my way to, like, take a, a class at the school, at the academy. And I start dancing. And as I'm going, dance, and I start feeling the music and just feeling and it hits me, and I just start bawling in like the middle of class. And everyone's like, what happened? Did you hurt yourself? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, my dad has leukemia, and he's sick. But then they're like, well, you know, hopefully it's early on, and they'll fix it. You know, they'll take care of him. So, you know, I was like, okay, that's fine. Well, he started treatments, and they couldn't fix it. They couldn't take care of it. And he finally got to the point that the doctors told us there's nothing else left to do. And up until that last time that he was just in the hospital for like weeks, months, um, he still came to my shows and he was very supportive. Um, I mean, he always was like my rock. So right before he passed, he told my mom, you know, if this is what he wants to do, you need to support him. And so I was, you know, the doctor said he's, he's done. There's nothing we can do. And my mom decided to like, take him back to Nicaragua. We've been here at this point probably about 10 years. We left everything behind, home. I mean, we came here with the clothes on our back. So my mom asking the doctor to take him back was like the biggest, greatest gift that I could ever imagine my mom giving him. He got to see his family, his friends that he grew up with, and we never told him that he was going to die. We told him that he was going there to get better. And it was, I ended up having to stay because I had shows the weekend that they were leaving and I don't want them to be kind of like, why aren't you staying for your shows? Like, you know, is something wrong? And I'm like, no, I'll stay for my shows and I'll see you over there. He's like, great, we'll be waiting for you. So excited to go home. I can't believe we're finally able to go back. And so I, uh, the last weekend of my shows, I was just, Every time I got off stage, I just had this horrible feeling and I just started crying. Then I had to stop and go in and dance again and come off stage and cry. And so by the time I got to Nicaragua, like a couple of days after, like my dad was basically already in a coma and like nobody wanted to tell me and basically just went home to watch him take his last breath. And like right before he died, I had the lady that got me into dance, she's like, you know, you could be a professional dancer. You have so much talent. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, you never seen dance? So I'm like, no. You know, like I grew up in a third world country. That's not a thing for us. So she took me to see Joffrey Ballet and Dance Theater of Harlem, which is a, a really amazing company from New York. And I just remember sitting there at the edge of my seat like a little kid thinking like, 
I can't do that. She's like, well, maybe not yet, but you could. So she completely opened the door for me. She's like, I've sent people to this school, but I'm going to drive you there because that's how bad I want you to go. So she drove me to the audition, and I was terrible. I had no clue what I was doing. But the teacher there noticed the same thing that that lady noticed to me when I was 12, the same thing that my friend's mom noticed who had the school. They all saw this thing in me, and in four years, this man whipped my butt into shape, and I was like probably the only person in the whole school of dance that like got a job right out of college into a professional company. And it changed my life ever since. Um, thank you. <laughs> so every time I think about dance, it's like, like I did it for my dad. Um, I wanted to make him proud. And I think he is. I think he'll be very proud because not only did I dance professionally, traveled all over the world, um, and every time I dance, like, I can make people feel that joy that I have when I dance. I can make them feel happy. I can make them feel sad. I can make them feel love. I've danced with a lot of women, even though I'm a gay man. And on stage, I can fall in love with the person that I'm dancing with because like while we're here today, I am in the moment. I'm creating that expansion. I'm expanding myself into this storytelling moment without words through my movement and this hard work that I put on for so many years that it's just such a gift and such a like blessing um, that I am so able to share and when I retired from dance it was very hard because I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore that was that was my whole being my whole everything and you know then I ended up meeting my husband who's sitting right there. Um, and that kind of got me into a different kind of dance. I got involved into ballroom, and I'm still dancing. I'm still now sharing dance in a mo more intimate way that I can share with everyone that I can do, hopefully, till the day that I die. And so, yeah, that's my story. That's my story about how I got into dance, how I still dance, how I will always dance. And if anybody wants to dance, give me a call. We'll uh, go dance sometime. Thank you much for uh, hearing my story. <laughs> <laughs>